One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we have a very special episode. Basically what happened was Sadie realized halfway through writing her, she had, we had already covered it. Uh-huh. True crime podcaster's worst nightmare. Yep. And called me and said, this story, we totally covered the story. And I said, well, I have a little handful of stories that I have on a list. Let's go through them. You can have one. And I gave her one and she resents me for it now forever. I do, I do. There's a reason why it didn't get to the top of your list. (laughs) Yeah, tell the people, what are we hearing about tonight? This is the absolutely horrendous murder of Maria Nemeth. At 3.39 a.m. on the morning of September 30th, 2015, dispatchers in Sunrise, Florida, received a frantic 911 call. On the phone was 24-year-old Fidel Lopez, who was begging authorities for help. During the call, he told the dispatcher that he had gone outside to smoke a cigarette, and when he came back inside, he found his girlfriend, 31-year-old Maria Nemeth, lying on the bathroom floor, unconscious and not breathing. Hmm. He said the room was covered in blood. Doesn't know how Went it out happened. to smoke a cig, came back in, blood everywhere. Yep. The two had been drinking, and he thought maybe Maria had gotten sick, and that's why she wasn't breathing now. Despite sounding completely desperate for help, Lopez hung up the phone without providing authorities an address. Luckily, police were able to find Maria's location, and when they arrived on the scene, they couldn't believe what they found. When they entered the apartment, they found Lopez sitting on the floor next to Maria's nude and lifeless body, sobbing. Both Maria and the bathroom were completely covered in blood, and everyone on the scene was absolutely horrified to discover that Maria had been disemboweled. Oh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, that doesn't just happen while you're out for a smoke. Nope. 
At first, detectives <sighs> thought they had stumbled on an abortion attempt gone wrong. But as they took in the rest of the scene, they realized something much, much worse had taken place. Mm-mm. The apartment had been trashed. Huge holes were knocked into the walls. The sliding glass door was shattered. The walk-in closet door had been removed and was lying on the floor of the hallway. Large amounts of blood and some chunks of human tissue was found inside the closet. And blood was found down the hallway to the bathroom. Oh my God. It was clear there had been a tremendous struggle inside the apartment and that Maria was viciously attacked before being murdered. When police tried to question Lopez, he was very drunk and hysterical. At first, they weren't able to get any useful information out of him. And and I'm just going to give like a general trigger warning. I'm not going to, like we don't usually go into lots of details, but the even just like the basic cause of death for Maria is so horrific that any words that I use to describe it is awful. So if you're not in the mood for something just really, like this one really, really got to me in a a way that I'm usually able to sort of disconnect from. Uh So just beware. If you're not in the mood, come back and hang out with us later, skip ahead. I don't know. But just if you're not prepared for a really very violent and gruesome crime today, we get it. Go ahead and... I'm so sorry. I'm so... Sadie and I generally avoid those super gruesome yeah. ones. I was like, here you go. Cover this one. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's an important... It is a very important story to tell. We're going to talk a lot about domestic violence mm-hmm. stuff at the end and things that I think are important. I learned some new things. So I think it's worth telling. And poor Maria, I'm so sorry for her, but just just take care of your mental health is yeah. what I would say to you. Good, good advice. Mm-hmm. So an autopsy would show that Maria suffered a terrible death. She had been brutally beaten, raped with multiple foreign objects, which eviscerated her, causing massive blood loss and death. Oh my God. In one tiny mercy, the medical examiner did believe she was unconscious during the most awful parts of her murder. Mm-mm. Maria Nemeth was born in Peru in 1984 After moving to the United States as a teenager, she was excited to learn how to speak English, which, of course, she did very, very quickly. Mm. Maria's cousin remembered her by saying, quote, when she came from Peru, she was kind of shy, but then she flourished into this wonderful person. She is described as a, quote, beautiful young woman full of life. She was very close to her family, who said she was, quote, charming, friendly, and likable. Before meeting Lopez, Maria had been married for eight years to her ex-husband and worked various retail jobs and for different medical offices. After her divorce, she met Lopez at a nightclub and was excited to be dating a younger man who had a good job at the time as a mechanic. When they met, Lopez was living with the mother of his two young children, but he quickly left them for Maria. The couple dated for nearly a year before moving into their own apartment after Maria got a job as the manager of the apartment complex. Before the move, Maria and Lopez had been living with Lopez's family and were excited to finally have a place of their own. Unbelievably, they only shared their apartment for one week Mm -mm. before Lopez killed Maria. What? One week. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were saying that there wasn't, they didn't have any 
real furniture. And so they were like using their moving boxes as tables and stuff. <sighs> How eerie and awful. One week. One week of being alone. So some shit was simmering inside this guy for a while. When investigators brought Lopez to the station for questioning, he told them that Maria had made dinner that night at their new apartment, and then they brought the meal over to share with his mom. After dinner, they stopped at a bar for a few drinks, and then they got a bottle of tequila on the way home. After drinking a few more hours, he said they started having rough consensual sex in the closet, but Maria told him to stop because she was feeling sick. Mm. She then ran to the bathroom. When he went to check on her, he found her lying on the floor bleeding and unconscious. When police pressed Lopez about the extensive damage done to the apartment, he started to change his story, saying after drinking almost half a bottle of tequila, he flew into a rage and busted up the apartment. And here's another trigger warning. He said the details were fuzzy because he'd been very drunk, but said after he calmed down, the two made up and had consensual sex in the closet. He told detectives that Maria had asked him to use the foreign objects on her during sex, including his entire arm, mm-mm, mm-mm. a beer bottle, and a hair-straightening iron. Mm-mm. Lopez said that he reluctantly agreed to do these things to her. Mm-mm. He insisted she was, quote, happy and awake while he performed these acts and oh said God. multiple times to detectives that he would never do anything to her if she was passed out or didn't want it. What the fuck is happening? When Maria started feeling sick, she went to the bathroom and he went outside to smoke a cigarette. When he found her, he said he splashed cold water on her face to try and wake her up. But when that didn't work, he tried to perform CPR, which he didn't know how to do, and then called for help. As authorities continued to press Lopez, he finally started to admit more of the truth and told them that he and Maria had been in a fight that night but he continued to insist that he didn't hurt her. He said the fight started while he and Maria were having sex in the closet, still always having, I mean, I have Mm -hmm. a lot of issues with his story, but they started having sex in their closet. And then she accidentally called him her ex-husband's name. Uh. He said the first time she said it, he let it go. But when she did it again, he flew into a rage and became, his words, quote, a monster. Uh-huh. He started beating Maria in the closet, knocking her unconscious. He then raped her. This still wasn't enough to quiet his rage, so he left the closet and started destroying the apartment. Once he calmed down, he went to check on Maria and realized she wasn't breathing, so he carried her to the bathroom and tried to wake her up with cold water. When this didn't work, he went outside to smoke a cigarette and called 911. He said he didn't mean to kill her, But his violence reached such a frenzy that Maria's autopsy showed evidence that Lopez eviscerated her with his own hands. Oh, my God. Whoo. Yeah. Take a little breather. Can we blame bath salts? No, we cannot. No. Because we've already covered that, too. What the fuck? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot to take in. It's awful. How also how have we never heard of this story? No, there isn't a lot of details. 
Oh, but yeah, man. Ugh. Ugh, God. On the same day Fidel Lopez brutally murdered Maria Nemeth, he was arrested and charged with her first-degree murder. While he sat in jail awaiting his trial, he started calling members of his family to try and explain what happened. During a call to his mom, Lopez said, quote, Did you already talk to Maria's mom and with her family? They are all going to think that I'm an animal, that I'm a monster. You think? You think? I think it is uh, an understatement, buddy. Yep. He also said to his mom, I don't know how the mom must feel or anything. His mother comforted him by calling the murder, quote, a moment of craziness, madness, saying, quote, these are attacks from the devil. The psychologists don't understand it. The doctors don't understand it. But whoever understands God knows what happened here. Whoa. Whoa. When you have a mom enabling you Mm -hmm. saying that's just, well, that's just the The devil devil in you, buddy. We all know that the devil's in you. You're a good kid. I'm sure the devil's in, uh, in the form of severe mental illness of some kind or psychosis or drugs or something. But yeah, mom, let's like, let's address it and uh, pawn it off on the devil. Mm -hmm. Lopez told his sister that the murder haunted him and that he could only sleep at night by taking sleeping pills. Quote, (laughs) I wasn't able to sleep last night. How am I going to sleep? If each time I close my eyes, you have that in mind. The only thing I cared about was her. Oh, my God. Ay, ay, ay. So family members of Lopez said he was a nice, easygoing guy who was always happy to help. It was hard for them to understand how he was capable of such a terrible murder. The neighbors who lived near Lopez in 2014 when he was still with the mother of his two young children told a different story. They said during the three months he lived there, he was, quote, rough He refused to follow the rules and did as he pleased. He would park in other people's parking spots and was known to listen to very loud music into the early morning hours. He was evicted from that apartment after being arrested for, quote, disorderly intoxication, which is the only arrest he had on his record. These charges would eventually be dropped by the DA's office. So no domestic violence charges, Mm. no... I mean, I don't, disorderly intoxication sounds like just, you know, like being drunk and rowdy or who knows, but it wasn't bad enough for them to press charges. It's just like, just a dude. Being being kind of a bobo Mm -hmm. parking in people's spots, but not any, any kind of signs that he was going to literally rip a woman apart with his bare hands. Right. During one of his <sighs> yeah, during one of his hearings, Lopez's mother would testify that Maria and Lopez seemed happy and in love the night before Maria was murdered when they brought her dinner. She said there wasn't any indication that anything was wrong or that her son was capable of such brutality. A few months after his arrest, Fidel Lopez pleaded guilty of first-degree murder after accepting a plea deal to avoid the death penalty. Ah, uh, this is why there's not a lot of mm-hmm. yep, details. Exactly. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole and waived his right to appeal his conviction as part of the plea deal. During his sentencing, Lopez said, quote, Today, I am happy to fulfill this conviction. I know that what I did has to be paid, and I agree. I will pay for the life I took. To Maria's family, I ask for forgiveness. 
I hope they can find it. And I hope that one day they can forgive me. Lopez's mother was also allowed to speak and added, quote, we'd like to apologize in the whole sense of the word, we are sorry. Everything that has happened to them has happened to us as well. Mm, I don't know if that's accurate. Right. I don't know. I don't think you can say everything that has happened to them has happened to you. I think that that is a very inappropriate thing to say. And I think just in general, don't make it about yourself. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So why, why does this happen? Tell me everything, Sadie. Why did this happen? I need to know why this happened. I don't have a lot of... Specifically. (laughs) I I don't know why he specifically did this to her. Do you don't know? No. He didn't... Mm -mm. No. What the fuck? So it's clear that Fidel Lopez has or had some serious anger management issues, right? Like we can just go ahead and say that. But the brutality of of his crimes against Maria are next level. Yeah. In an article talking about domestic violence and how it leads to murder, written for the Washington Post in 2018, they found that nearly half of the women murdered in the last 10 years were killed by current or former intimate partners, which we all Mm -hmm. know, right? If you've listened to true crime. But nearly half. Yeah. And about a third of those killers were known to be a threat before they killed. Mm-hmm. In Lopez's case, despite not having much of a previous criminal record, he did admit to police that Maria had hit him in the past, but he never admitted to hitting her before the night she was killed. Hmm. I think it's very safe to say that the relationship they had before her murder was very likely abusive, at least in some ways. Yeah. The article also points out that people who kill their intimate partners usually choose more violent and personal ways to kill If a partner is choked during an argument, their chances of being killed by that person increases greatly. And I will continue to say that over and over. If you are in a relationship and somebody chokes you, that is... It's a problem. Yeah. Like, I know it's not as easy as just, like, leaving, but you need to start making a plan. Yeah. Even though it's just unfortunately not that easy. So according, no. yeah, I, I think if anybody puts their hands on you, baby, but if somebody hits you, punches you, mm-hmm. <laughs> chokes you, throws something at you, like you need to be fucking physical violence is yeah. always a choice. Yeah. So according to the Center for Relationship Abuse Awareness, domestic violence is a choice and a learned behavior. There's not one single cause for abuse, but abusers often share similar beliefs and attitudes. Because it's so much more common for men to abuse and kill women, especially in intimate relationships, we're going to talk specifically about men today Mm -hmm. and the patriarchy. So consider yourselves Mm -hmm. warned. (laughs) If you don't want to hear about it, goodbye. You should listen, though, especially if you don't want to hear about it. Yeah. So because societies around the world have systemically devalued and oppressed women for centuries, some men have been taught or have decided it's okay to control the women in their lives. These beliefs and attitudes include a sense of entitlement, a belief they should have power and control over their partner, a belief that they can get away with the abuse, learned experience that being abusive gets them what they want, and a belief that their lives should take priority over everyone else. Mm -hmm. The way our society behaves plays a big role in abuse as well. This includes glorifying more masculine behaviors like aggression, violence, and dominance. 
and promoting the idea that men are, quote, the head of the household. Mm-hmm. The thought that women and children should be subservient to men is very problematic. When women are portrayed as objects to be used, this only strengthens the belief for some men that it's okay to control and abuse women. When perpetrators do not face any negative repercussions for their sexist attitudes and abuse, this continues to spread the message that it's okay to hurt or to continue to hurt the people around them. Mm -hmm. And when men are challenged about their abusive behaviors and then their excuses are accepted, this only makes the problem worse. And sometimes they're encouraged. A lot of times Mm -hmm. they're encouraged. Where we grew up, they were very much encouraged. Yeah, big time, big time. And I can't stop thinking about Trump. (laughs) Yeah. And how when he was getting ready to be elected, we didn't know at the time, but grab her by the pussy comments and all of that was coming out. And the whole time I wasn't yet pregnant with my second. So I, but I had my first who was a little one, like two, three years old. And -hmm. then I gave birth after Trump was elected. But the whole time I was like, thank the good Lord that my boys are little and they aren't Mm going to be able to understand the things that are happening right now to make it seem like it's an okay behavior and the fact that we continued not we but like sort of we as a as a country a vast majority of people stood behind trump and said yes it's okay to treat women that way and still be the leader of our country and to nominate and put on our supreme court an abuser of women Mm -hmm. you know like all of these behaviors is just strengthening the belief that women don't matter and you can treat them however you want and get away with it and then become some of the most powerful people in the world. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. So it's I like... I saw a TikTok this week where a woman was standing, getting waiting for her food to pick up some food in a restaurant and she was recording these people talking about Trump's rape trials mm-hmm. and one guy said, yeah, he said, I didn't know her, but I raped her. And the other guy laughs. He's like, yep, at least he's a straight shooter. Right? Yeah. Like, it, like what are we <laughs> That's hilarious. At least he tells it like it is. What the what? fuck? Open, loudly, open in public. Yeah. Just having this conversation loud enough that a woman could record it. Yep. Yep. So <gasps> that's what we're up against. That's what we're up against. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, it's just like, without changing the system, people like... Dear Maria are going to be murdered in the most horrific way I could imagine. Yeah. And there's, and that there is a rage inside of people that would strangle, choke, Mm -hmm. shoot, or stab, dismember. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is crazy. It is silly fucking insane. So it's important. Like on a Tuesday or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Right. Like after she made his mom dinner. And after they'd lived together for one week. One week. Like what could you possibly, like covered in one week in a home together that would have justified that? There's nothing. And that's the thing. It's like there is no justification ever for that behavior. And there's no easy answers other than Mm -hmm. to change the system and to teach our children better. Yeah. So it's important to remember that relationship abuse is not caused by being provoked. It's not caused by stress, drugs or alcohol. 
I read that abusers tend to continue their abuse even after they get sober. So like, you know, you hear a lot like, Mm -hmm. well, I was drunk. No, not an excuse. People get drunk all the time and don't Mm -hmm. choke, hit, murder people. They don't. It's not. Yeah. That's not an excuse. No. You can't blame testosterone. You can't blame genetic factors. You can't blame loss of control or anger, communication problems, illness or mental health issues, culture or poverty. None of those, like there is no excuse, but those are the ones that are used most often. People all around the world experience these things and don't abuse the people they love. If someone is abusive, it's simply a choice they made. No one ever deserves to be abused. There's never a good enough excuse. Nope. And I just want to talk real briefly about the historical theories that were often used and still are to explain and understand why gender violence happens. But Mm. these are considered no longer accurate. Mm. So the idea that men became abusive because they had learned violence from their families while women sought out abusive men because they saw their mothers being abused is not actually what happens. It's false. Interesting. Because of how common abuse is, it's possible for one woman to experience abuse from more than one source during her lifetime, especially in cases of poverty or just general neglect, like the community is neglected. It's more often that she might find herself in abusive relationships, but she's not seeking them out, even if her mom had been abused. When she mm-hmm. was a kid, she's just exposed she is ju- to them. It's so she's common, got a higher likelihood. Right. Yeah. And we have to start putting the blame on the abusers. The problem isn't that she experienced, watched it as a child. The problem is that it, abuse is so common that it's likely she will encounter it more than once in her life. Totally. Ultimately, the abusive partner is the one who chooses to act violently. Plenty of men witnessed abuse in their families as children and did not go on to abuse when they became men. Mm-hmm. It's time once again to talk about our BFF Pros, my favorite, truly, sincerely favorite hair care products I have ever had, hands down. Most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of Pros, and they're truly custom, made to order hair care. Switching to a custom routine from Pros was one of the best things I have done for my hair, and the results I'm seeing just keep getting better. Truly, you guys, I would not lie to you. I love the texture of my hair. I love the way it smells. I've said this before, I have very short hair. It is wavy, it is curly, it is straight, is every kind of texture of hair in one, not necessarily in a good way, unless I find products that work for it. And with pros, it looks cool. It just looks good. It looks textured in the right way. It looks soft and shiny. It smells amazing. I use the curl cream to get a little bit of extra body, a little bit of extra texture. I use the custom styling gel for just the right amount of hold. I need it to stay in place all day, but I don't want it to be crunchy or dry. And of course I use the shampoo and conditioner, which makes my bathroom smell like heaven and makes my head smell like heaven all day long. Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. It's very easy. They ask you all kinds of questions about your life, about your habits, where you live, because environmental factors come into play. How often you go to the gym, how often you wash your hair. It's customized just for you so you know you're getting the product that works best for your hair. 
by analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros handpicks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients that get you closer to your hair goals with every wash. My favorite feature is Pro's review and refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason in case I change up my address, my hair color, or even my diet. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pro's is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you are not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash they will. That is P-R-O-S-E dot com slash they will for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. The theory that victims of abuse stay in abusive relationships because prolonged abuse strips them of their will to leave or because they are too weak to leave is totally false. In reality, abused women continually take action to protect themselves, and often women are forced to decide that staying at any given moment is her safest option. Totally. Because of the high retaliation rate when women try to leave. And we'll also uh, talk about the lack of resources and protection for women in these situations. Exactly. Like, unless you can come in with a broken arm or a dead body, there's not a lot you can do about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, the the articles I was reading and the thing, just talking about how useless protective orders are, that there isn't really any mm-hmm. way to put men in jail or, you know, partners, domestic violence partners in jail unless they've done something really bad. And even then they're often let out of jail. Mm-hmm. And we all know that, like, the number one most dangerous time is when somebody is trying to leave the relationship. That's when they're most likely going to be murdered. Totally. So the idea that the abusers have a cycle of violence that consists of three phases. A tension-building phase where the abusive partner becomes irritable, controlling, and potentially verbally abusive. While the woman walks on eggshells. And then there's an explosive phase. You know, you've heard this, right? Like the phases, yes. right? So tension building and then explosive phase where the violence is present. And then the honeymoon phase where the abusive partner wins back the woman with apologies. These are not true. Mm-hmm. This isn't what happens. I don't know exactly where the myth came from, but that's what I've heard mm-hmm. is like, be prepared for the violence if this is what happens. And again, it's like, if the woman can just like chill out, then he won't hurt her sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. what actually happens. This is outdated because it's not consistent with women's experiences. Many women report that there was no gradual buildup of tension, but rather sporadic, unpredictable episodes of violence. Yeah. Additionally, others never experience a honeymoon phase. When they do, this is more accurately described as a manipulation phase Mm -hmm. because it's a control tactic on the part of the abuser. Absolutely. Or grooming, Mm -hmm. period. Yep. Yep. So if you're in a relationship and all of a sudden your partner gets abusive and you didn't, you didn't like I'm using air quotes, you didn't see it coming. That's not because you weren't paying attention. It's because the, no, the abuser. No, that's very intentional. Yeah, oh, the abuser yeah. is abusive. And yeah, and I'm sorry that it came out of nowhere. That's fucking horrific. Well, part of the cycle of abuse is specifically that. It's the love bombing and the grooming and the 
bring you in really, really close and let, you know, making you feel better than you've ever mm-hmm. felt in your life just so they can tear you down even further and also trap you because you're mm-hmm. always waiting for that other person to come back. And you always say, well, they were like that in the beginning. I saw them do, you know, they, I experienced it. So they're just overworked. Mm-hmm. They're tired. They, blah, you yeah, know, they can change. Just, you get addicted to that. You're sort of chasing that dragon for the rest mm-hmm. of the time. Yep. When I and think then they'll about, show you little glimpses of it to try to make you think that, yep, he's still in there, but he's not in there. Or she, right. they're not in there. Right. They're not. No. They were never were. That is a fake, a fake decoy. Yep. And while doing the story, I've been really kind of putting myself in the position of like, what if, what if my partner was abusive and I'm married and mm. I have two kids and we share a house and we share finances and he is the primary breadwinner. Mm-hmm. And like how impossible and scary it would be just even just to leave him, even if he wasn't abusive, like how hard that would be no. to navigate through and then to be afraid, like actually afraid for my life on top of it and to be no. suffering from abuse. Impossible. I don't know. I I don't know. Like I completely understand why you can't get out. You know, they make no. it impossible and there's the the control and the isolation and we're going to talk about, well, I'll just wait. But yeah, it's just like the layers of what that means for that person who's being abused is just really upsetting. Not to mention just like trying to live life in these modern times. It's damn hard just <laughs> right. to fucking afford yes, shit, let exactly. alone like start over and hide and like the and things that yeah. would take for you to leave safely, especially, you know, mm-hmm. add kids in the mix. Forget about yeah. it. No, it's hard enough to put gas in your car to get mm-hmm. to the job that you right. have, let alone flee fucking potential homicide. Right. And that's assuming oh. you have a car to put gas in. Right. You know, like, yes. yeah. And the last idea that's a myth is that abuse is simply a result of dysfunction within the relationship. So this idea says that both partners contribute to the escalation oh, of anger. Oh, fuck that. Right in the right. no. Yeah, it makes me think of, God, what's that amazing show with Nicole Kidman and, oh. Oh, yeah. Is it Pretty Little Lies? Yeah, one of those. There's so many of those that are like Pretty Little Lies or, but it's on HBO. Yeah, like spoiler alert, I guess, but Nicole Kidman is an abusive relationship. Her husband's very physically abusive, but he, they go to thick couples therapy and she's like but I I am also abusive yep. like I also hit him yeah she likes aggressive sex, sex and stuff mm-hmm. yeah she has a little bit of a sadomasochistic right and so she has been very much manipulated into believing that she causes the violence that he does to her so I thought when I was thinking of that I, I was like ooh I've seen that show <laughs> So this ignores the power imbalance in a relationship. Oh, wait, it's not Pretty Little Liars. Hold on one second. Let me find it because it is worth... That's so good. Um, yeah, Pretty Little Liars is like the WB show yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Yeah, so, so good. It's so, so good. Definitely yeah. go watch it if you haven't. So this theory is dangerous because it ignores the power imbalance in relationships of abuse and it implies that the survivor is in some way responsible for the abuse. Mm -hmm. It's common for couples to get angry or frustrated with each other, like you were saying, like we all fight, but becoming verbally or physically abusive is always a choice. Yes. So unfortunately, research 
shows that individual and couples therapy is not helpful in treating someone who is abusive. Not helpful. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, it might actually be a trigger and cause more abuse for the victim. Yeah. And again, I, I, I can understand in couples therapy how that would be. Like if the a victim is being honest with the therapist about their experience of abuse and then yeah. they leave and they're going to have to pay for that later. They were talking about how individual therapy for the abuser is really dangerous because the sole purpose of individual therapy is for your therapist to only know your side of the story, right? Yeah. And yep. to take you at your word and then to help you navigate through your life the way that you see it. Yes. And for an abuser, that would just kind of reinforce the ideas that they have already inside of them about why sure. it's okay that they're abusive. And mm -hmm. the, and they are just one of the reasons why abusers tend to be so controlling over their partners is because they can't be honest with anybody in their lives totally. um, about what they're doing. And so they don't want that they don't want that story to get out and they don't want people to see them in a bad light. And so they're not going to go into therapy like with an open heart ready to change, right? Like, mm -hmm. and when, so in fact, it usually just reinforces their ideas and allows them to justify their behaviors and do them more. I've also had, I've had two different friends who were in very, very abusive relationships and they went into couples therapy and the therapist said, you know, will you hang, at, will you hang back for a second? Mm -hmm. And both of them were like, you need to run, not walk the fuck out of this relationship. Yeah. You've got to go. This is not going to change. I am not going to be able to help mm -hmm. you. I'm telling you this on the side. I will continue to see you until you are out of this relationship, but you need to get out. Mm -hmm. And they did, mm -hmm. thank God. But yeah. yeah, any good therapist will give you a little aside and say, uh-uh, mm -hmm. run. Yep. This guy, this person is fucked up. Yep. So there are batterer intervention programs. They're called BIPs available here in the United States anyway. And they're often ordered by judges as part of sentencing for those convicted of domestic violence offenses. Although these programs are better than individual therapy, they have a non-completion rate of up to 89% in a lot of counties. So 89% of people don't complete the program. Yeah, well, no big fucking surprise right? there. And the only I'm sure there's very little consequence for not completing exactly, those programs. Right. The only way to know if the program is working is to have the victim report back on their experience with the batterer. So if the victim mm -hmm. is still mm -hmm. with the the abuser, they often will call them. Don't know if the abuser is in the house, but they call them and say, how is it going? And then they expect, they expect the victim to be able to report back accurately their right. experience. Right. So there's no way to know for sure if the reported behavior is correct or if the reporter is lying in order to maintain their mm -hmm. safety. They were also saying that with the BIP programs, the idea is that the group of abusers hold each other accountable because there's so little accountability usually. Like they don't have friends they talk to or people, yep. they don't know the truth of what happened. And so in these programs, they're supposed to hold each other accountable. Or if one of them says something that's messed up in the group setting, then they're like, oh no, dude, that's not cool. Or if they're having a moment of rage, they're supposed to call their fellow dudes. But it's like abusers supporting abusers. That also doesn't yeah. feel real great, like better, I guess. But I was reading 
the description of one program in particular, like how they lay it out and what their goals are. And they explain like why there's no individual therapy and why this and that. And they, even at the end, they were like, we admit that we basically are just making this up as we go along because we can't figure out how to help these people. And so we're doing the best we can, (laughs) but like we don't, we don't expect much, which is just so awful. Yeah. So they say that our best bet, they being the experts on domestic violence, is to continue to talk about our societal norms and teach our children, especially our boys, how to feel their feelings and to teach them to value all people regardless of their race, sex, or sexual orientation. Totally. So being really careful with like, oh, you're so big and strong and glorifying the military and the police and guns and... Boys will be boys. Oh, he's just sexually assaulting you because he likes mm-hmm. you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Teaching teaching girls how to stand up for themselves and make a scene and that mm-hmm. nobody should ever touch them if they don't want it. And So yeah. all of those things do make a difference. And on the way to preschool today, my youngest was talking, they had field day yesterday and they were playing tug of war and they divided them into boys on one side and girls on the other. And he was talking about how their side, his boy side won. And then he stopped and he was like, those girls were really strong too, mom. And I was like, okay, good. I was like, good, okay. And I said, yeah. And he said, do you think girls have, I forget exactly how he said, but basically like, do they work out to get muscles? And I was like, heck yeah, girls work out to get muscles. Like, yes. And I said, girl, you know, really this idea that girls and boys are so different is not true. We're all the same, Mm -hmm. you know, just have a little bit different parts or a little different hormones, but. And I was like, this is good timing. Make sure that he under... And then I, I I would be shocked if he was like, girls are sissies or whatever. Like, yeah, that is but not... But he's going to hear it. Yeah. And living where you live, right. he's going to hear that a lot in his life. And so it's good that he's thinking critically about it on his own mm-hmm. or with your guidance or what a combination of all of those things. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to come into his orbit if it hasn't already. And I'm oh, I'm sure it has. It has. Yeah. yeah. When he was talking about... You know, when he was asking if girls work out to get their muscles, and I said yes, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm probably the strongest in my class, but Stella's very strong too." And Stella's this tiny little four year old, like she is so little, but one of his best friends at school, and you know, I was like, "Good, you know, she's like, listen, listen, buddy, yeah, I have muscles too, yep, and I know she has a little brother too that she probably works out her muscles on when they rustle, but yeah." So if I mean like our number one rule in our house is that you be respectful with your body. And if somebody says stop, you stop always. And that's the one thing that yeah. if you want to make your mom, mom, Sadie, mad, mm-hmm. you don't, then don't stop when somebody tells you to. Yeah. Then we have an issue. I'm sure that had nothing to do with our upbringing either. Of just <laughs> beating the absolute living shit out of each other. Namely me to you. <laughs> Uh our entire lives (laughs) but it's also this podcast mostly like just making sure that and the political climate we live in but just like making sure they understand consent and I tell my oldest all the time you are getting ready to grow into a very big boy body that's going to be very strong and you have to learn how to control it it's yeah. a sweet little, I know, okay, mom. But no, like, know, you really have to face. know. I know, but it's true. Yeah. And he doesn't always yeah. control himself. And he hurts his brother. And it's, a, it's an important conversation, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure, yeah, because it does seem like more of a proactive fix versus a retroactive fix. I think that there are, I don't want to believe that that people can't, 
come around to finding peace and finding healing mm-hmm. who are abusers, but I know that it's the minority, the vast minority. When I you think know, the like, main problem is once you get to the point where you have justified your behaviors enough that you're willing to physically hurt somebody exactly. and control them in the way that you need to control them to be able to abuse them, that you're so far into that exactly. story in your brain, it's very hard for people to come back out of it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's... Well, it's obviously your... It's the way you feel safe in this world Mm -hmm. is by hurting other people. And so to let go of that control is to be unsafe and to basically open yourself up to have done to you what you do to other people. And uh, that's just a terrifying thing for them, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Or there's fucking terrible people, but right. I think it. I think it comes from a, a place, right? It comes from feeling deeply scared, deeply abused, deeply alone, and or deeply angry. entitled. That too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I think that that's the yep. like that's the flip side of it is, you know, why are these rich white guys such abusers? You know, when I think of like Kavanaugh and Trump and because they have been handed everything their entire lives. They are the most entitled, powerful people. They take everything what they but want. love. And that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. You know, when you grow up in that culture of just like everything belongs to you. And if you don't take it, you're there's something wrong mm-hmm. with you. And then as a little person, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. And you don't get attention unless you're just a savage. Like, fuck, man. <laughs> you know, like Ugh, that is, so you're, not only are you angry, but then you're also entitled. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're traumatized and you have all, all the stuff and then you hide the expectations and just keep taking all the stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, you're fucked. Nope. So there are organizations out there that have programs available at colleges, fraternities and student athletes to help reframe the way they think and treat women. So that's something. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this will make a difference and help keep people from becoming victims of domestic violence and then in turn reducing the rates of intimate partner murders. Yep. But in the meantime, I just, my heart is with Maria's family. I just can't even. No. I can't even. I don't know like how to, what do you say, you know? Nothing. What do you say? No, there's nothing. There's nothing to say about that savagery. It's just savage and, again, so easy to not do that. So easy to not have that happen. Like there were thousands and fifty million moments where he could have taken a step back and stopped doing what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it was not even like I just shot her. I was in a moment of rage, or it was an accident, or mm. it got out of hand. You had minutes and minutes and minutes yeah. and minutes to save that woman's life and you continued to do what you were doing yeah. that defies comprehension. Right. And there was not a lot of details because there was no trial, but there was a brief little blurb that I read that they believe that Maria was abused for probably about two hours. She, But they also think she was not awake for most of that time because her neighbors didn't hear her screams. Mm-hmm. But they heard like banging and that started, and then yeah. it took, it was like two hours later that he called 911. Yeah. So it was a very long time of him choosing to do like the most horrific things you can do to a person. Yep. 
and then played the victim and oh how could I do that yeah well how could you do that I can't sleep I need sweeping pills yeah and then his mom oh my god blaming the devil so it's like hmm. yeah so thank you everyone for taking that on I'm sorry yes thank you Sadie for taking that on I would have been the one bringing that heinousness into your lives but Sadie gets to be the lucky harbinger of that (laughs) but I agree that's a really 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 important story to tell and a really important conversation to continue to have Mm -hmm. and reframing the way we treat each other Mm -hmm. in general and our boys and I think boys can be big and boisterous and loud and rowdy and use their bodies I don't think there's anything wrong with that you know and I think that the the thing that, I mean, good God, we don't even need to go into the conservative mindset, but I'm not saying that boys need to not act like quote unquote boys, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think that girls need to act like girls or not boys, or I don't think right. there's any way for human beings to act. I think that the way I was raised to act is not true to my internal self. Mm-hmm. So I can relate to that, mm-hmm. right? I understand how frustrating and potentially damaging that can be to a human body and mind and soul and spirit. But you can you can act that way and express yourself that way, and also express yourself s- softly and vulnerably, mm-hmm. and and talk about how you feel and set boundaries and respect boundaries. It's not all or nothing, and I think that's the thing. You know, like mm-hmm. when I'm with your boys and they're being rambunctious, I, there's a there's always a moment where I'm like, am I? correcting them because they're doing something wrong or am I correcting them because I feel uncomfortable or overwhelmed you know mm-hmm. and is that okay mm-hmm. or is it have we reached a point where they are disrespecting another person and it's hard to know because we were not really taught the difference mm-hmm. we were taught that everything is good or bad right and you are either being good or you're being bad right. you, know, you weren't just being mm-hmm. so I try to say to them that feels overwhelming to me would you mind doing it over there mm-hmm. I don't mind if you do it I just need a little space from it or whatever mm-hmm. that looks like you know mm-hmm. but yeah I think we need to and right now is not the time to do it because now everything is like legislated how you are is legislated mm-hmm. you have to be a boy or you have mm-hmm. to be a girl and like they're raging against that but nothing will get my like faster than a man kissing his son on TikTok. (laughs) Absolutely. Or talking about their feelings or expressing themselves. And women, I mean, girls too. We all need to be encouraged and allowed to to do and be those things, but especially men, they want to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're they're soft creatures just like us. They're vulnerable. They They don't lack feelings. They don't lack a need for care and love and tenderness just right. like the rest of us. Yeah. So yeah, I was, you know, we talk about how my youngest is or has been in the past sort of I still don't know how to describe him, just sort of interesting and a little dark at times, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> some really crazy stuff, but the other yeah. day my dog got a rabbit in our yard and killed it. And he saw this happen and I well I was outside and it doesn't really matter but I was outside with the dogs and I needed 
my child to close the door so the dog didn't bring the rabbit inside the house. So I'm calling to him, please close the door. He sees what's happening. It's very upsetting to him. Yeah. And I am mad at my dog. And I'm sad, but I'm also a grown-ass woman. Like, this is not my Mm -hmm. first bunny that has been killed by dogs in my vicinity. I'm not, I'm kind of downplaying it just so that he doesn't get super upset. Right? And he said something, I came inside and he said, Mommy, is the bunny dead? And I said, yes. And he said, oh, poor bunny. And I said, it's okay. He looked me straight in the eyes and he was like, Mom, put yourself in the bunny's shoes. It is not okay. And I was like, you are absolutely correct. You're right. It is not okay. What happened right now is very upsetting. And I'm feeling angry at the dog and I'm feeling sad for the bunny. How are you feeling? And he was like, and then he started to cry and was like, I feel yeah. really sad for the buddy. And I was like, okay. And he, but he, thank God he called me out because it's true. It's yeah. not okay what just happened. That was traumatic. And here I am just not wanting to deal with my child's feelings. So trying to downplay it so that we can just move on. And he needed a minute to be sad for the bunny that died. You know? Yeah. So it's like, okay, good. He well, has again, some empathy. Yeah. Good. That's good because I wasn't real sure up until a few days ago. No, he is and, deeply <laughs> empathetic. Really yeah, is. deeply yeah. empathetic. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, that's what I mean. And I've had, I've started having hard conversations with people in my life that I've set up patterns with over, over a decade. Mm-hmm. And I've always been so uncomfortable talking about things that I don't like because mm-hmm. I was not really... We weren't allowed to, generally, not just you and I, but we, as a society, society, we're not allowed Mm -hmm. to talk about when we're feeling uncomfortable or disappointed or, you know, those are bad, negative things. They are bad. You need to avoid them. You know, Mm -hmm. you need to, and not our mom, of all the parents we knew, she was the best at encouraging us to talk about our feelings. And I'm so grateful for that. But even with that much allowance to feel the way we felt and express the way we felt in our house, I just have a, a lot of us can relate to this, but I have such a hesitancy to just express how I'm feeling. Right. And becoming medicated has, <laughs> I will definitely give that the credit to that because it's sort of turned these things that were these massive, looming, catastrophic sort of conversations or experiences into just information, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel this way. That is okay. It's okay to not feel satisfied or to Mm -hmm. feel disappointed Mm -hmm. or to feel frustrated. And that's been such a revelation for me. Yes. because previously too, when I was feeling that way, when I would go, when I would confront somebody, I was coming at them at a thousand, and I was assigning these things to them, like you are not doing this, and you are not good. In ultimately, it's like no, they're just not in the same place that I am. They don't have the same information I do, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so now I feel like I can say <laughs> I'm really sad that that bunny died, or. Mm-hmm. I really feel frustrated that you didn't have this prepared for me or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And then they'll be like, oh my God. And I'm like, it just, that's just how I feel. And I, it just is, mm-hmm. you know, it's weird. It's really weird to be 43 years old and realize that things just are, they're not good or bad. Right, exactly. I mean, some things are good and some things are bad, but. But feelings that you have inside of your body are not. You're, no. All of them are, are what they are. They're calls for help that your body needs something else, that you're, you need yes. help with something or whatever. Yeah. 
Well, and being a person who is a human being who can make mistakes and let other people down or just not have it in you to do something. And all those things are okay too. Right. <laughs> right. Like, like, I, yeah, I'm not going to respond to your text right now. I'm exhausted and I wish I could because I know you probably need that from me, but I just don't have it to give mm. and I'll have it to give eventually and then I'll give it to you then yep. you know, or whatever. Until then, I'm just going to have to yeah. wait. Yeah. Yep. So, Wow. Very good job on that one, Sadie. Thank you. I am sorry, but I'm also glad that that got thrust upon you because I think you did a wonderful job and I really appreciate having the opportunity to have that conversation. And I wish we could have that conversation in the rear view instead of like in the rear view, meaning this is how it's been. This is how we fixed it. Yes. Yes. I agree. We got some stuff to get through, namely shouty outies and a little bit of name time. So let's move on because we are already running a little long, but that is okay. There is room for hard conversations and there is room for name time. Starting with Raymond Fosdick. (laughs) It's an episode of American Greed. Oh my God. (laughs) Gobbler's Knob Road in Oklahoma. I will never not love a Gobbler's Knob. This is not our first gobbler's knob, and I sure as hell it's not our last. (laughs) When somebody's mother was a child, she had a best friend whose cat's name was Turkey Baby Meow Meow Choo Choo High Cat Bye Cat. And I love that that name, Pat, has been passed not just from a mom, but from a mom's friend to a mom to a daughter. I please continue to pass that name on down the line for eternity. That same listener's cousins were young. There were four of them. They each got to name their cat one name, and the cat's name was Jules Peppermint Watermelon Brick. (laughs) (laughs) She was mostly named Jules. That's amazing. (laughs) She said she was the meanest cat ever. R.I.P. though. Oh, bud. Someone's boyfriend's mom and dad are from the west coast of Ireland, and they are called Winnie and Willie John. Ah, <laughs> I can hear the little bag, bagpipes of piping behind those names. Uh, someone's goalie on their partner's hockey team is Pierce Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> like Pierce will never let that ball through. No. Never. Are you kidding? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Someone just passed Poo Poo Point, a hiking trail in Issaquah, Washington. Oh my God, did she take a poo poo? Or Issaquah, I put too many, Issaquah, Washington. I got a photo of it too. Yes. <laughs> Someone is a debt, someone's partner is a debt collector. And so, uh, one recent amazing name, Robisha Bisha Oliverisha. Robisha Bisha Oliverisha. <laughs> oh no. I salute you, Robisha Bisha Oliverisha. I could not salute you harder. I would like to make a plaque for you. Oh man, I have this like teeny tiny little cold, but I cannot laugh without coughing. And I want to yeah, laugh. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna so flare hard. it up. I know inflammation <laughs> in your throat. Here it comes with someone a uh, court TV 
There's a detective hussy. (laughs) (laughs) So what was at their wife's graduation? They announced Samantha Dix and a few minutes later, Martin McGargle. (laughs) Minutes later, it's a minute. Martin McGargle. McGargle. Wait, this is a good this is a good this list, is a good you guys. List. <laughs> Gobblers, knobs, and Martin McGargles. <laughs> I was watching the show Dave on FX. I highly recommend that show. It is funny. It is sweet. It is topical. Is that uh, with Bill Hader? No. no. Uh, Bob or Rob. It's another um, Greg. What is that movie? Anyway, yeah. uh, Dave is about Lil Dicky, the white rapper. Oh, Dickie. oh, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the episodes are directed by Ben Sinclair, mm-hmm. who was the creator and star and director of High Maintenance, one yes. of the best shows of all time. If you haven't watched that, stop this fucking podcast. Yeah, You're wasting your time. <laughs> Put on High Maintenance immediately and then watch it over and over again. I would start with the web series too, because mm-hmm. that is also an HBO Max. They're each like eight minutes long. They are miniature masterpieces, but the show is equally good. Anyway watching an episode of Dave and there is an actor named, and he was on the show and he's like, I'm Biff Whiff. Look me up. It's I, That's really my name. And it's true. I looked him up and there was an actor named Biff Whiff and he was on <laughs> Dave. He was also in everything, everywhere, all at once, apparently. Uh, somebody reminded us of Ram Das. I can't believe Ram Das. It took this long for Roll Ram to show up on the list. Das? Uh, there's Ram Das, the guru. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> it's like the computer? Yeah. Software. <laughs> Never put that together, Shady. Probably. It's not that a real thing. That's where my mind that is amazing. A somebody calling Ram Rob. It's very funny. And then DOS, D O S instead of D A S S. That is fucking funny, my sister. That Thank is you. very funny. Thank you. How much Ram DOS does that computer have? Pardon me? <laughs> it's also not how you use those words. Right. That is funny. It's like my, oh, Larry's oh my mom God. when Wi-Fi hotspots were a new thing. Yes. <laughs> Wi-Fi? Hotspot? Hotspot? <laughs> Rom dogs? <laughs> wow. That is that is that is a expert level comedy though. There's a lot. There's a lot of reasons that is funny. We will not go through all of them right now, but that is really funny. Number one. Number one. Uh, yeah. uh, chubby broccoli. Whoa. That's a name. Chubby broccoli. A person's name. Yes. It's chubby broccoli. Chubby chubby broccoli. That's amazing. There's a gynecologist named Doctor. Guess what? Vagina. Close. Kegel. Yes. His father was also an OB. Well, I wonder if the, he was like the, the Dr. Kegel. His father maybe came oh. up with the exercise. Because, of course, that's it's a good named call. after a man. Good. That's a good call. Patriarchy. <laughs> there is a Liz Anya. Oh, Lizanya. yeah. I love Picture a for proof. Someone said the picture for proof. That's amazing. This one, I don't know if it's true, but it's really funny. Regardless, they did send a screen cap 
of Dickhead and Dickheads. It was Dickheads LinkedIn, and their title was Deputy Chief Technology Officer. So I was like, that might be fake, but it is funny. <laughs> that somebody just made a dickhead. fake LinkedIn for a dickhead and gave him the title Deputy Chief Technology Officer. It's like the fakest sounding title ever. If this is real, that is very bravo, funny. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> Nader Marcus. Nader Morcus, even better. Nader Morcus. Nader Morcus is Marcus. a very good last name. Brandy Tinkle. <laughs> And last but not least, a kid named Spider Webb. What? Yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. The child's parent was a famous soccer player, I think. Anyway. Wow. You guys, you, guys, you did you it. Guys. You did it. Once again. <sighs> Once again. Here we are. Bravo, everyone. Bravo, indeed. And you know who else deserves a big Bravo. Our Patreon supporters. Yeah. For as little as $5 a month, you can get a whole other show, basically. There's a whole other yeah. show over there. So many things over almost, there. Almost as many episodes, minus maybe five. I think we're not that far behind this podcast, <laughs> side of the podcast. Mm-hmm. All of our episodes are ad-free over there. And we have parties and you get goodies and it's lovely and it's really a really lovely community. And we literally could not do this without no, them. We because sure couldn't. they financially support us being able to put this out twice a week, every week for three years, three over year. three years. Almost three and a oh. half. All right. Thank you so much to Lo- Leone W. I don't even need to do this one. Leone speaks for Leone's self. Leone makes me feel so alive. Me Leone makes me believe in the number five <laughs> as it relates to one. Leone can kick it down. Leone can kick it all around. What is it? Well, it is life. It's living. Leone has got it on lock. Two. Leone can find a way. Leone can find a way today to be the best Leone that Leone can be, which you know is already the best one. Three. Leone can. <laughs> Dazzle you with Leone's view on how to be and how to do it. Just watch Leone if you want to be dazzled because that is what Leone's a never frazzled <laughs> when Leone is dazzling. It's never frazzling. It's always the dazzlingest dazzle. And four, I'm literally holding up my fingers so I don't lose count. <laughs> Leone is a fox. And five, Leone does not kick rocks. Leone only beat boxes. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, not very many people can beat box, but Leone can Leone physically can. and metaphorically. <laughs> Leone can beat box. <laughs> that was really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you very much. 
think we all, everyone's listening, thinking, I fucking wish I could beatbox. Seriously. I wish I could just roll my R's (laughs) or like pronounce names easily. Me too. Boy, man. Me too. Me too. Thank you so much to Valerie C. When I hear a name like Valerie, I think of detective. (laughs) Automatically. (laughs) Detective. Automatically, you're a detective. I've never met. Law enforcement way. I've never met a Valerie. I didn't just really, really love. You just automatically assume mysterious things, smart Mm -hmm. things, multitasking Mm -hmm. things, style things, poise, grace, bravery things, nice voice. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have sort of a nice, I mean, generally husky, but not necessarily, but very nice voice, like buttery, sinking into it, sort of personality, face. We all can picture Valerie, totally. right? We all know exactly what Valerie looks like, sounds like, acts like, thinks like. Valerie is the one. Valerie's just one of those people who walks in a room and you're like, well, fuck, there she is. Great. Now I have to vie for Valerie's attention. Mm-hmm. But Valerie has such a broad and effervescent personality that Valerie gives it effortlessly. So you're not even like in competition. It's not uncomfortable. Valerie sets boundaries, but also brings you in close Fuck yeah, Valerie. Fuck yeah, Just Valerie. Keep it up. You got it. Done. Enough said. Done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Get out of here, Valerie. Just kidding. I don't want you to. Nobody does. Ever. That's right. Thank you so much to Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. Like the web. And everybody loves Charlotte's web. Everybody loves Charlotte's web. <laughs> Everybody loves Charlotte's Web. (laughs) I mean, just honest to God. Charlotte, I mean, uh, it's like a, it's like Christmas. The name Charlotte is like Christmas. It's just like, it's just triggers the most nostalgic, yummiest, like complicated, like, intelligent, soft, emotional, vulnerable. Just fuck it. Charlotte, ugh. It is really one of the all-time best names. Yep. And it, it is always assigned to somebody with an advanced personality and a, a, like a sort of ta- tapped into divinity and like humanity and the earth and the cycle of life and all the shit. You know mm, what I mean? Totally. There's a reason that fucking book is called Charlotte's Web. Yep. Yes. I want to be a part of Charlotte's Web. I know Charlotte's Web is complicated. It's vast. It's traversable, but also uh, intimidating, challenging. It's the first book that I read that made me cry my eyes out. Oh, my God. Cry my eyes out. Nobody prepared me. Nobody prepared me. I watched something recently where it was like, might have been Dave even, where there somebody was trying to relate to some tough, cool people and brought up Charlotte's Web. And I was like, yeah, everybody loves Charlotte's Web. That is a very good thing to bring mm-hmm. up because and there's, you don't love Charlotte's Web. Yeah, my second grader, my oldest, just read, her. his teacher read that in class and he had to have, like come home and have a debrief because it's, it's so sad. <laughs> it's, de- it's devastating. <laughs> Yep. It is devastating. Yeah. I mean, they were just tearing us down. To keep us down. As children. <laughs> <laughs> Bridge to Terabithia, old yeller. Uh-huh. The R-Tech and Bambi story. Bambi. Dumbo, which was a psychedelic fuck trip. Like <laughs> Pinocchio, all of it. Totes. 
You know, um, everybody was just a, an orphan. And then like, if you were gonna get back to life, it's only because you were beautiful and kissable. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, we were fucked. We yep. were emotionally, mentally. Then you get to like age 20, Buffalo 66 and swingers and every movie ever. Yeah, we were, it was rough. Yep. It was a rough go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not that it's not now, but ooh, it was an active campaign of sorrow and violence. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with Charlotte's Web. Just all went from there. Boxcar children. They were having a good time, but they were orphans. All right. They were fine with it somehow. Weird. Oh, I really... What's the one with the axe, the kid hatchet? (laughs) I wanted to be hatchet so bad. I'd go out in the woods and be like, let me see. No, I don't think I could be hatchet. I really wanted to be hatchet. Oh, well, last but certainly not least, thank you so much to Grace A. I really cannot with these names today. No, I know. It's a wonderful name. Like, Mm -hmm. is there a better word than Grace? No. Is there a better. It's like if you need to, if you need a word, if you need a, a prompt or a cue, I would say the two that you should lean on the hardest are curiosity and grace. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you grace has curiosity because if you have grace, you generally have curiosity. And if you need, if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling angry, sad, disappointed, ugly, un- unworthy, fucking hot, cold, hungry, everything, if you apply grace to it, you're gonna feel better. Mm-hmm. Give yourself grace, give others grace, give the earth grace, be graceful, proceed with grace, respond with grace. Grace, 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 <laughs> which doesn't sound crazy when you say it over and over again. <laughs> Take it from grace. Take it from grace. <laughs> Take it from grace. Take it from sh- fucking Charlotte. Charlotte and Grace mm-hmm. hanging out on the web. Mm-hmm. Valerie. Teaching each other. Oh, Come on, God. you guys. Yeah, Valerie's the one that's like standing below the web. Uh, guys, it's time to get down. And they're like, yes, but only for a minute. And then Valerie's <laughs> like, you're right. And then gets back up in the web with them. Yep. <laughs> uh, we love you We love so you guys much. so much. Did you know that? Did you all know that? We really Did you do. know that it's actually sincere? It's really, truly, truly sincere. I was uh Lala Kent's podcast. Lala... <laughs> Fucking Kent, my unlikely hero. I have a very unlikely hero in Lala Kent. For those of you who are judging me right now, you watch. If you watch Vanderpump, if you're judging me because you have a peripheral view, you have never actually gone into Vanderpump. Which I, you know, I understand you for judging me for loving Vanderpump, but yeah, Lala Kent is a is the unsung hero of reality television pop culture. In my opinion, she is a fully unmasked fucking destroyer of bullies. I love her. And listening to her podcast made me love this podcast more because she talks like we do. She responds like we do times a thousand like that. She is up to 11 at all times when she's talking about things she cares about. And Lala Kent's going to make me cry. (laughs) Courtney made me watch Vanderpump. I've been watching, like, binging it like crazy. And I'm almost Mm -hmm. caught up. And then I can start listening to her podcast. Oh, my God. Well, it's just like, 
hearing people and seeing people who are like you and who are unapologetically mm-hmm. those people, it just reminded me how important that is. And so I do not think that what we do is perfect. I do not think mm-hmm. that I would stand behind every opinion I've ever had, but it just makes me so grateful to have a place where you all are and just show up over and over and over again and be so kind and supportive and like, thank you for that. So seriously, if you want to do it more, spend more time with us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at They Will Kill. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com and you can go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. Yes, please. Everywhere, please do it. Thank you, Jacob Bergans, for your music. It sounds like this. I love that part when he goes, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. <laughs> Doesn't do that. <laughs> what if that was our theme music? And remember. It's not too late. Yeah, that's true. Remember. And remember to kiss your boys, kiss yes. your girls. Consensually, of course. <laughs> be affectionate. Be vulnerable. Be honest. Be brave. You can't be brave without being scared. I say it all the time. I said it this weekend yes. to my own self. Yes. You can't be brave without being scared. And... That's what we need to remember. That's That's what we need to teach our children. Mm -hmm. Strength comes from fear. Strength comes from vulnerability. That's right. Strength strength comes from softness and openness. And that's true strength and that's true bravery. So take care of yourselves. Do it. Take care of each other to the best of your ability, but also set your boundaries because you deserve to do that too. Yes. Take care of yourself first. We love you. We love you. We'll see you very soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.